Ed Jamieson. Welcome to the Gab's Hottest 100 Craft Beers of 2023 live countdown. Great to be here, Mass. Mate, where are you? Are you going to be following the countdown? We're pre-recording this, but uh, where are you going to be on Saturday as we uh, broadcast it? On Saturday, I'll be up in Brunswick Heads, um, where I reside, and I'll be tuned in, um, waiting to hear just where just where the magical beer we're going to talk about, no doubt today, um, Little Creatures Pale Ale is going to come in. Yeah, I, I want it, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're going to be in a beautiful part of the world, but that was exactly what I wanted to speak to you about because we've, we've been doing a little bit of a retrospective and thinking back over the, the, the 15-odd years of the Hottest 100, and the very first winner back in 2008 was uh, Little Creatures Pale Ale. That's right. And again, the next year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It doubled it up. It doubled it up. So, yeah, big moment. I, I think there have been a couple of uh, double winners o- over the years. It's, it seems to be, uh, you know, beers do tend to peak. But I think, and we've written on Brews News, that Little Creatures Pale Ale is one of the truly significant, influential craft beers in, in, in Australian history. Um but we haven't quite seen it have the same level of uh, prominence over the last couple of years, although it still does feature in the Hottest 100. That's right. And, and it's of no surprise. I mean, when, when you think about how important it is, as you say, in kind of how it shaped, it really shaped the craft beer landscape um, or kicked off that, that um, journey for a lot of people into craft beer in the Australian market, it, it's of no surprise to me that it continues to, to rank relatively well, um, considering the competition in, in the in the Gabs Hottest 100 every year. So that's a, of no surprise to me, just on the calibre of the beer itself. And it, it, it's a beer that a lot of the beers that we are seeing at the top of the list now, Little yeah. Creatures Pale Ale influenced so many of those brewers um, to to become brewers, and so that, that's where I think it's so influential. It has been, yeah. You're spot on. I mean, we talk about how influential Little Creatures is from you know, from starting with. Um, I think you've spoken to Phil Sexton a lot in the past, and he comes up referenced highly when talking about the history of Little Creatures from a beer perspective, from from actual brewing and being almost like, um, if you will, like an incubator or like a proving ground for a lot of some of the most famous. Australian brewers. I mean, we've spoken about Jane Lewis in the past. Keelan, Jane Lewis of Two Birds. Keelan, obviously, is at Stone with a head brewer at Stone and Wood, all cut their teeth at Little Creatures. So it's really important not only from producing what is what that's the jewel in the crown being pale ale, but as a as a place where a lot of great um, influential brewers have gone and done their own things. Um, that's where they cut their teeth. And um, there are brewers like Soren Erickson in New Zealand. Um, that's right. Yeah, so, so there have been so many brewers that have referenced it, but as head of marketing craft these days, you also have what I regard as probably the second most influential individual beer in your portfolio, and that's Little Creatures Pale Ale, which is another multiple winner of the Hottest 100. That's right. So, I mean, Little Creatures Pale Ale, for, for mine, I look at it personally, and probably if you humour me for a moment, Matt, talking about my personal experience with Little Creatures Pale Ale, I was reflecting on this before before you, you said, hey, do you want to have a quick chat? And that is, I cast my mind back to 2009 over in WA, um, that first experience I had with Little Creatures Pale Ale, because I had an experience on the East Coast. Coming from the East Coast, I was over in the West and a mate of mine put me naturally on to you've got to try this Little Creatures Pale Ale. And that in 2009, before I was even working directly in India, sent me on this journey into craft 
which, which you know, if, if I was to fast forward what, almost 15 years later and saying I've got the privilege of being the custodian, if you will, from a marketing perspective on these amazing brands of which Little Creatures Pale Ale is one, I wouldn't have believed you because that it, it really was the catalyst for me to start that journey into craft beer. So it holds a, it's a, holds a very, very special place in my heart <laughs> and it forever will. Um, and it's just a cracking beer. Cracking, cracking beer. It was funny you mentioned uh, Phil Sexton because it was another one of his beers. Uh, it was the Redback, um, yeah, you know, wheat beer that uh, yeah. I, I'm a few years older than you, so uh, it was the generation before and it fired it. But then when Little Creatures came out and really hit the scene uh, around about 2000, um, it was the beer that really popularised hops and, you know, mm. hops really drove craft beer. Are you seeing that across the line craft beer portfolio these days that hops still have the dominance or, you know, are we starting to see the return of craft lagers? I think you're still seeing craft lagers, but my overarching observation, if you really step back, and I had this chat with, with um, Russ Gosling only a few days back um, around we talk about hops or no hops or how hop forward or otherwise, but the, drinkers, myself included, and I think a lot of people who will be listening today are just looking for a well-balanced beer. And I always I plagiarise Russ's equation of flavour plus refreshment equals balance. And I think there's always going to be a, a real place for having um, notable hop characters within within beer, particularly in craft, of course. So I don't think that's, that, that's ever going to go away. So it's going to hold an um, important place in the, in the category. But with regards to craft lagers, I'm excited with the opportunity of what craft lagers can look like. And even, I mean, depending on what you, uh, how you define craft lager, but I'm excited with some of the pilsners that are coming out into the market at the moment from some of our most well-respected craft breweries. I mean, if you've spent some time, and I'll, you'll have to spend a bit more time in, in Byron where I'm working <laughs> out of the Stone and Wood Brewery, mate, so some of the pilsners that are coming out of particularly Keelan is leading that that great brewing team through a stunning, stunning beers. Really, they're, they're effectively craft lagers, right? Beautiful pilsners uh, coming out of Stone and Wood. So are we going to see maybe the return of the little creatures? Pilsner, which was a favourite of mine oh, back in the day. You, you, yours and mine both. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm talking about hops. I'm a big fan of SARS hops. Don't worry about that. But we're, we're actually in conversation around how we can maybe do more with pilsners out of little creature because that, for mine, was um, – Behind the Pale was my second favourite beer out of out of Little Creatures, and it's it, that holds a special place in my heart as well because I went directly to that after the Pale Um But we and as you know, we we launched a Pilsner what, last year as a limited, and that went fantastically well. So we're looking at what we can do more in that space. Really, um, the back end of this year and through twenty twenty five as well. So watch this space, Matt. You, you'll get the first one off the line. <laughs> I, I, I will be watching, but it's, it is it is interesting that, you know, we, we have seen a number of brewers bring out a Pilsner and they don't feature, you know, lagers um, or pale lagers certainly don't feature in the hottest 100 uh, year to year. They have started to creep in a little bit, but Pilsners particularly seem to be one of those beers that brewers love um, but are a bit of a hard sell to the craft beer drinker. It's almost as if they're too full on for flavour for the mainstream, uh, you know, lager market, and not crafty enough or not adventurous enough for the for, for the craft uh, beer drinker. Yeah, I wonder. So I wonder if it's a challenge with how many people in the broader market, craft drinkers included, uh, um, fully understand or uh, yeah, I guess fully understand and appreciate 
um, Pilsner. So I, I think for those who have a great Pilsner, um, it's a bit of an epiphany moment. I mean, it certainly was for me and everyone I talked to who has had a cracking Pilsner, it really opened their eyes to just how great lager can be when it's cared for. Um, so I, I, I see giant opportunity for it. I think we're right at the start of that journey though. And I, I think there's some clues out there in the market already, Matt. You, you're seeing more and more Pilsners appearing um, out of some of these craft breweries because I, I think the brewers want to make them and if the brewers really want to make them, they're generally going to be a great beer that's really drinkable. Um, they're not going to put anything out they're not proud of. So I think we're just seeing the start of it. And I'm, I'm as an absolute Pilsner lover, um, I'm excited about what that looks like. I'm encouraging our brewers at every opportunity to make more of them. Uh, right. If I hear marketers uh, talking about Pilsners uh, making a comeback, I get excited. But <laughs> last question, um, we've spoken to a lot of uh, craft brewers, a lot of very small brewers about the importance of you know coming into the Hottest 100 in terms of giving their brand a bit of impetus. How does yep. a like a big brewer like uh, Line um, view it in terms of giving you know a, a bit of love to some of your brands? Look, I think I think what the Hottest One Hundred's done for um, opening people's eyes to the the new and interesting, and all re- or also reminding them of the great beers they maybe have forgotten about. The, it, as a platform, it's done an extraordinary job for for craft beer. For craft beer, what it does for us is, um, I think it does more the latter. So. It, for using Little Creatures Pale Ale, as we're talking at the focus now, who won the first um, Gab's Hottest 100, it's a great platform to remind people. You know, it's it's in the, it's been hovering in the 20s in the top 100 for a few years now. And hopefully that reminds people to go back who mightn't have had it recently um, to go back and kind of rekindle that love for what's a fantastic beer. And then for, for newer beers that might come on, um, into the category, which I, which I actually encourage because it, it, it fosters um, exploration within craft, which I think is brilliant for the category. It's a platform to introduce people to to the new and the different, either new products or new brands. So what a bloody great platform. But for us, as I said, I mean, it's it's reminding people of, of the beers that they might have, might have forgotten about now there's so much to choose from. Ed, great to have a chat. Uh, I'll be watching with great interest to see how uh, Little Creatures Pale Ale comes, see whether it's uh, you know moving up or down uh, or, or maintaining its place, but also to see how many uh, craft lagers we can see getting into the 100 this year. But uh, thanks very much for joining us and having a bit of a chat about uh, all things Little Creatures. My absolute pleasure, Matt, and um, look forward to having a beer with you soon. Sounds great.